Hello, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't quite make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. Hey guys, what's up? This week's sermon was titled some fashion of It's a Bloody Religion. That's what I took away from it. <laughs> I was a little, uh, I was waiting for like the the UK English to come out. Bloody religion. Bloody. Yeah. Bloody. <laughs> a lot of my titles like have, um, like it's this but not that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know why, but that's that's kind of the... The affirmations and denials. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, bloody religion, but that's not quite. It's... Not your hallmark religion. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that was that's my title. I even said that at the beginning. I was still right at the beginning, and I never announced my title. You don't. I did notice that you did it, and I'm like, he's talking about his title, and I didn't. I didn't catch it. <laughs> you always announce your title. I do. I don't. I just like people to guess. What's funny is the title is like the last thing that I do, so it's not actually that important. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's kind of the summary of my thoughts. Yeah, same thing. I it's for me. It's the last thing I do as well. Um. But yes, it's not your hallmark with a copyright symbol afterward. <laughs> that's right. Religion. I did hear that. Right. It's some other. Some people actually laughed. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, uh, then my subtitle is a bloody inheritance and a new creation. So I got this, those pieces. This week is uh, a bloody inheritance, uh, and I can't. I cannot hear that or say that. It's like the whole time I'm preaching, I'm hearing a British. I'm hearing that in a British accent. Oh, I'm yeah. saying it as as just a a boring white man from the United States, <laughs> but I'm hearing it in like the voice of like Sherlock Holmes. No, it's uh, you know? it's uh, Michael Caine. Yes. Or M- Michael Caine. That's I, right. I listened to an audio. His, that bloody uh, religion. <laughs> his personal, his uh, autobiography read by him. It was, it was a delight. So yeah. Well, to, uh, well, did you get my points? Uh, well, I've got a summary instead. Cause I, for me, it was much more, you can do either one. I wrote down a summary. Okay, let me give you the points. Just, just I think some people like to have the points. Uh, well, you should listen to the sermon again. Uh, well, they, like I have to listen to the intro. They <laughs> should do that again, anyways. <laughs> it's. Uh, I I said I just gave a, a sub point or just a title to my intro and just made it a sub point instead of belaboring an intro on and I called it "It's a Bloody Religion." So that was point one that that you made the title, but that was point one, and then. The promised eternal inheritance, and then the obstacle is sin, mm-hmm. and then lastly, Jesus mediates the new covenant through his death, and then next week, we'll get into this new covenant, what that means, uh, and so on. So, there you go. Those are the points. Yeah, so for me, it was really really helping us see what's at, what's at stake, uh, which we've been talking about in increased language since my sermon a couple weeks ago. Uh, saying this is what's at stake and reminding us of what we've been promised, but there's something standing in the way of that. Yeah. Well, what I think was interesting, though, is you say there's a solution, but most people are like, I don't know if I like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, for me, that was the big thrust, is like, hey, here's what you got, here's what's available, but uh, this is this is what's in the way. Here's how we deal with it. And yeah. People well, just, it- mm. well, yeah, yeah. So... Here's here's what what we need. Here's the solution. Here's how the Lord deals with it. But it's like that obstacle, mm-hmm. you know, that that's in between. Here's the problem. 
to get to this, you know, here's the problem. That problem works its way back into the rejection of the solution. Yeah. It's very itself. Mm-hmm. So even the solution is meant to deal with the problem. Mm-hmm. The very problem denies the solution. Your little Stockholm sy- syndrome. What's that? Uh, you you start to like your captor. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would rather go back to Egypt. Mm-hmm. I would rather just stay here in my sin. And that's why I really... Um, I don't know if I belabored it, but I definitely labored it. <laughs> the the uh, uh, the point of um, why we don't want a bloody religion. Yeah, like, because no. it's going to seep into every little nook and cranny. And if you don't want that, then you don't have the posture of Peter, where mm-hmm. Peter says, "Well, then wash all of me, wash Jesus." All of me. Yeah. You don't have that posture. And if you don't have the posture of wash all of me, Jesus, then you're just not a Christian. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you might fancy yourself one, but but it's either Jesus is, it's, it's either Christ over all or Christ over nothing. Mm-hmm. So, um, no, I think that's great. I, and especially, you know, for the ancients, I don't think that they were as put off to the idea of sacrifice. It was a, kind of a universal thing, even in pagan religions. Uh, but for us, a general apologetic for people is it's so violent, it's so bloody, yeah. and it puts them off. And so right up front, you answered, and I thought that this was, I'm, I'm not going to say brilliant. Well, I probably should because of the whole English thing. Uh, <laughs> it was brilliant. Is uh, Death is why blood is important. Yeah. And it's a super simple reminder for everyone has memorized from Romans, but it was and is the penalty for breaking God's covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're going to be exploring covenant, which is where Hebrews has, has taken us away from just the high priest and into the covenant that he mediates, we have to recognize that this is this is the enemy. This is what's standing in the way. This is why the blood is necessary. So one other thing I really appreciated uh, before we get into you know some of your other points for today is uh, this walkthrough that you did very briefly on each one, but it was, I think, very helpful, super helpful uh, on promised an eternal. No, it was gold. It was it was gold. That's our new phrase. That's not mine. I have mine already. We'll give that one to Jeff. Well, I I think I said it first. Okay, it can be yours. And then Jeff just used it in another context. Yeah. That I appreciated. I'm gonna use super helpful. <laughs> it's mine. Um, so it was that brief walkthrough that you did on promise, eternal, and inheritance, um, and called, and called. I that was the first one. I put that above. Yeah, there you go. I see it in your notes. It says only for the called. Oh yeah, that's under inheritance. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I went back up and added that under there because <laughs> the called are the ones who get it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So I thought that that was that was brilliant um, and really helping lay out like the expectation piece because uh, we've talked about already not yet. We've talked about the covenant. We've talked about Jesus is better, but we haven't got to spend a whole lot of time yet talking about like what we get. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was really helpful setting us up for, for what's coming. I mean, there's there's a lot more for us to still do in Hebrews. Uh, but walking through that was great, especially that picture of the firstborn getting the farm was helpful. Yeah. Especially because, to your point, it was showing our being united to the firstborn. Because mm-hmm. I had in my mind, uh, I don't. there's a few movies that are like this. Um, I think Knives Out is, is one of them that does that. But pick people, I was picturing people gathering for the reading of a will or where they walk. I was thinking specifically where the person who's getting ready to die records it and is starting to bequeath all their possessions to people and says, you know, they're in the room watching this video. 
and everyone's in there is like excited at first like what am i going to get right because they mm-hmm. want the person's stuff and then stuff gets listed off and some people end up being excited and others disappointed and we are in that room but we don't have to be worried excited or disappointed yeah whatever goes to the sun goes to us mm-hmm. and, and that's just a really beautiful picture yeah yeah i i um someone came to me afterwards and uh was asking this question and and i don't obviously i'm not gonna say his name but uh it was it was a good question let's let's talk about inheritance and and what exactly do you mean by like we get everything Mm -hmm. um like what what do we mean by that and and I'm like, we get everything. <laughs> That's why I was waiting you know? for you to use my you other know? one. The Greek word for all is all. Yeah, and brother, I like, don't feel like I don't. Please don't think I'm like la- I'm laughing at you, but like like we we get everything. We mm-hmm. we really do. But it was a good question. Well, and it sounds like it, a too good to be true thing. It does. And I, th- I think for this particular person, that's what it was. It was like, well, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of too good to be true. And um, But particularly, and I think, and I'm bringing this up because I, I think it's going to be helpful for other people, that he, he, in his mind, went immediately to, like, owner occupancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't his phrase. Like, ownership was his phrase. So I, I don't want to misrepresent what he was saying. But, like, the kind of the, the way I would rephrase it is like, and um, so I bought the house. It's mine. Now I go live in the house. Um, and so then how do I own the earth? How do I inherit the earth? Like, are we all owner occupying all of the earth? That's a good question. And, and, and it's a great question because then, okay, well, how does that make sense? And, and, and the way I try to describe this, I said, I, I, well, well, let me, I guess, let me back up. Um, which is, this is what I typically do. I get ahead of myself and I have to pull back. Um, we, we get... I think we've limited our in our minds that what we get is just gold streets uh, and a big, big house, you know? <laughs> Where we can play football. Where we can play football. Um, and lots and lots of room to run and, you know, yeah. So, uh, but, but Jesus says we're going to inherit the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think we don't have a, a good theology of, like, between now and then, other than just live morally righteous lives, right? Yeah. We're like just kind of a, a functional Gnosticism, and I don't think this this person struggled with that because um, we talked about some of that. Um, but I think a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we inherit like the 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 new creation. I'm going to talk about this coming Sunday how the new creation began at the cross. Uh, that that's not something that we wait for to to come mm-hmm. um but it's began so so pre-cross was this working out of death mm-hmm. death to every corner at the cross begins the working out of life to every corner mm-hmm. so the hinge points then the hinge points not the second coming and then the new creation there but the new creation begins at the cross where things are now being where death has been put to to death mm-hmm. and now life is taking over the scene. Yeah, restoration of Eden. Restoration. So that means that when I go out and cut my grass, or when I go and discipline my child, when I go feed my animals, when when I go do the, when I go write good code that loves my neighbor, like I'm bringing life. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm living in light of the lively cross mm-hmm. um, to those people, and so I. 
when, when I'm bringing life by the power of God and in light of the resurrection and, and death being defeated at the cross, when I bring that life to the life that is mine to live, that I'm now enjoying part of this eternal inheritance. Like I'm tasting yeah. it. Mm-hmm. it, it it's, it's Yes, there's still sin all around me. Yes, there's still stupid people all around me and, and my own stupid flesh inside of me. Like I get that, but I'm tasting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it rains, I'm tasting it. Yeah. When my child says, you know, Dad, I, I want to be a joyful father like you. Like I'm tasting it. Mm-hmm. Um, when my child repents, I'm tasting it. When I repent or someone repents to me, I'm tasting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tasting life. I, and I'm, I'm tasting this promised eternal inheritance that the nations would be blessed through through Abraham and his offspring and his offspring's offspring. Yep. And that's you and I. Mm-hmm. So this eternal inheritance um, is not just a future reality, yeah, but, but it's such a gift for us now. And, and how practically invigorating is that mm-hmm. and joy giving is that yeah especially in light of the question that you were leading with at the end is what are you trading your birthright for mm-hmm. if you are tasting all this stuff in the meantime is it is it worth it to trade it for something else yeah yeah you know that was um uh i i it was all all the like it was all scripted of trading your birthright what was not scripted but i feel like was and I believe was the work of the spirit in the moment is when I said, well, could you really actually trade it if you had it in the first place? Yeah. And it was really an argument from, uh, it was less of a theological argument, although I'm, I'm fine to have that one. I feel like I had that argument a number of weeks ago um, and presented it, my case on that, on apostasy and such. Um, But it was more in this time, it was more of an argument from, uh, pragmatism. Mm-hmm. It was like if you've tasted that, how could you give it up? Yeah. Like how if you truly are enjoying the Lord's inheritance, the Christ's inheritance, why how? Mm-hmm. Like just how? And and I and I know, I know we all do. Like any moment that I'm choosing sin is a moment I'm I'm saying I'm willing to trade that inheritance. But what I'm saying is like that can't keep increasing. You can't no. <laughs> keep trading more and more and more and more of it, even yeah. for, you know, decades. Like you can't, you can't keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you do, then I just, I just don't see how you had it in the first place. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't, I don't see it. So the the next thing I wanted to say that came out of my conversation with this gentleman, um, that uh, again I just appreciate so much was what I encourage him to think of when it comes to like we get it all is think less individualistically and think corporately. Mm-hmm. So like in, in, in my you know, little corner of the earth that, that I own, um, that, that, uh, that I'm the patriarch over, my family, my wife and my kids still own this property by their being united with me. Yeah, is, it's theirs. That's kind of proven out in Aiken. Yeah. And his son. Yes, exactly. Yep. Yep. So they inherited the consequences of Aiken's sin mm-hmm. as a corporate body. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there, there's my, my family by, by nature of being united with me and my leadership and God's blessing on me. They, they get that. This mm-hmm. is, which is the picture of our uniting with Christ. Yep. That inheritance is not 
ours Mm -hmm. in the sense that we merited it. It's his. Sure. It's ours via the uniting. Yep. And that's a key distinction. Oh, yeah. His name, I, I told I told this I said, you know, his name's the name on the deed. Mm-hmm. Ours is on like an addendum <laughs> to the deed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ours is on the back page. Mm-hmm. And also Matt McBee. Yeah. And also Russell Johnson. Well, I think you could you know, just straightforward, just call it the Lamb's Book of Life. That's, oh. that's where it's written. Well, there you go. And that life is united to his. Yeah, there, there's our, there's our deed. The last thing I'll say on that is, um, I think for some people it is it's a too good to be true thing, mm-hmm. and that's I, why he says, "Taste and see." Yeah, come and taste it's, more. Exactly, it's it's <laughs> it is unbelievable. That's what we're trying to draw people to. I mean, you, you use a lot of language of these, you know, bloody grenades and whatnot. And being over the target, but it's so that we're we're trying to force feed you the good life, <laughs> you know, like get rid of this other trash, and taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah, yeah, you know this. Uh, the language of of being over the target, I I don't remember who recent. I I feel like I've had this conversation two or three times now, <laughs> uh, maybe more. Uh, and that is like you need to think of your preacher is like. Uh, or your pastors or your discipler as as like your boxing coach. Mm-hmm. Like their perspective's a little bit different because they're not the one that's fighting the exact same battles that you're fighting. Yeah. And what you're going to do is you're going to get beat up, and then when the bell rings, it's Sunday morning, and, and you, you come over to the corner, and you're talking to your coach, and, mm-hmm. and your coach says, look, man, like when you swing this way, he swings the other way, and when he swings the other way, you don't have your other hand up blocking. Mm-hmm. You got to stop that foolishness. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, stop. He's got you figured out. He's got you figured out. And and so, like, uh, you you want your coach to do that. Yes. What, what I what I'm afraid is is what most people want from their coach when they walk over to the corners for him to say, "Hey, man, listen, you're just you're just doing a good job," and I just want you to know, like. Like you're good and, and man, your hair looks awesome while you're out there. And, and, uh, you know, man, like, like your toes, like I'm, I'm glad you painted them today. And, and <laughs> like, uh, you, you know, that, that's like, that's the kind of coach we want. Mm-hmm. That's not the kind of coach Jesus stay in wants. the fight. Out of boy. Yeah. Just stay, stay in the, like, and here's, here's where you're getting clocked every time. Yep. Here's where he's, he's putting it on you. You got to move this way and up this way and over that way and and so when 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 the well because well, the, then the other the other we talked about this either last week or in King's Table. It's I think coming. it was at King's Table. But like, my point is like <clears throat> they don't come into the corner looking for for encouragement. They come into the corner swinging. I'm like, quit hitting Mickey. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Why are you hitting me? Mickey might be yelling at you. <laughs> don't punch him. <laughs> That's right. Why Why are you hitting me? Don't hit me. I, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Like I ain't trying to hurt you. Yeah. I want to see that guy on the ground. I, I want to see. I want to see your marriage mm-hmm. flying high. Yeah. I want to see your kids redeemed for generations. I want to see your land, physical land, spread mm-hmm. and vast. Like yeah. as we were talking about in the parenting class, you know, we were joking about my kids all having ten kids, and then all of those kids having ten kids, and in three generations, the the Matt McBee clan could be six hundred people. Yep. Like that, we could change a city. You can. Like that's what I want. Mm-hmm. You need a tartan. So I, I want. <laughs> you I, have I, your your symbol. 
at the at the end, I want your hand raised. Yeah. I don't need I don't need to be in there with you. Uh, my coach was telling a story today. He's like I was uh, had this one guy uh, he was coaching for boxing, and he was just throwing left right left right left right left right left right left right trying to wear him down, but also not landing anything. And so he comes in after that first round, and he says, "All right, on this next round, you can only throw your right hand three times, three times. You got to be judicious with it." Mm-hmm. So he goes out there and he mm-hmm. starts paying a lot more attention to his jab. And then finally looks for those openings and lands all three rights. Mm. I know you weren't doing it right the first time, or maybe you were doing okay the first time. But do you want a coach who's going to say, this is where you're going wrong. This is how you can land them. Yeah. The example you gave there is he's right over the target. Mm -hmm. And I use that example in the sermon to say, like, a... A godly disciple maker who's willing to even get punches thrown at him mm-hmm. is going to say things right over the target. Yeah. Like he's, he's going to be right over it. If he's any good. Oh, you said godly. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> so so that's the issue is, is do you, do you want to win the fight? Mm-hmm. Or do you just want to maintain some false perception of your own godhood? Mm-hmm. Like that's the that that you're somehow just good enough on your own. Like, what do you want? Yep. Do you actually want your hand raised at the at the end, or do you want coach to think you don't need a coach, <laughs> or do you want the audience to think he never returned to the ring because he uh, returned to the corner to talk to his coach because he had it all figured out? Mm-hmm. I mean, he still lost, mm-hmm. but you know, like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Like, if you don't want the blood applied to every last drop, the only other option is you want to be gone. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we just, we, we got to get past that. The, the blood is going to seep into every last little crevice, or it's not at all. Yeah. And why is that? Because the blood is effectual, because Jesus has promised to complete the job in Philippians, uh, what, two, he'll complete the job. Mm-hmm. And when we see Jesus, we'll be like him. So that, that salvation, that blood is going to get into every last corner till we are brought to mature manhood or a, a blameless, a, 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 um, a cleansed bride that's ready for yeah. the groom. Like, that's the picture. So he's going to do that. So if, you're, if that's not being done... Mm-hmm. Or you conveniently coming up with excuses to avoid it when it hits you, You're resisting it, yeah. and resisting it, and then on top of that, start swinging. <laughs> then, then listen, like it just—it it is harder for you. <laughs> it is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom than it is for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. And the rich man, it, it doesn't have to be financial wealth. Mm-hmm. It could be wealth of your intellectual gymnastics. Mm-hmm. It could be wealth of your uh, just self-justification gymnastics. It could be wealth of your emotional gymnastics. It could be the wealth of your spouse's gymnastics that, that have you in a chokehold. Yep. So when it's right over the target, let the blood do its work mm-hmm. and be humble. Yes. I'm preaching to myself. I have struggled with these things too. Well, it's because it's, we recognize that it's difficult to see when you're in the fight. That's the point of the corner. Yes. It's the point of the corner. 
So, so when the coach is whispering in your ear, like, yes, don't swing. Yes, <laughs> that's right. You know, I was thinking of being like right over the target. Um, I was, I was thinking about this. You know, I gave the example later of of trading in your inheritance, uh, of uh, trading it in like Esau did, but uh, you traded in as a man to your wife's bowl of soup. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little tickled. I wasn't expecting to get a, a handful of laughs at that moment, <laughs> but I got a handful of laughs uh, at that moment, which I'm really thankful for, because um, it it kind of lowered the levity of the moment. But I notched it back up. Raised raised the levity. <laughs> raised the levity. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So, you know, I was I was just thinking this: if if you want to set something on fire, go after the man's sin. For letting in his wife's sin, mm-hmm. you know, because because we joke right now, like you cannot address women's sins in the church. In the church, like those are off, um, uh, off ba- out of bounds, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, like preaching on something like uh, a, a woman denying uh, sexual intimacy with her husband, right? That. That would be like a big no-no right mm-hmm. now. Or dressing modestly. Or dressing modestly. Yeah, it might get you uh, landed uh, in uh, a lot of tweets if you do that. <laughs> um, like th- so that's what I mean by preaching to, to pri- predominantly women's sins. So I just kind of swung and took a swipe at both at the same time by saying uh, man's sin <laughs> by letting his wife sin. And, you know, it's like hitting two birds with one stone. Here's, here's the sad reality for me is I didn't realize that's what I had done until afterwards. Yeah, it's okay. It was fortuitous. Well, because like, I'm like, wow, you know, because I want to be conscientious of not always punching towards the men. Right, I want to. I want to faithfully punch towards the women well, as to, well. To reinforce your point, we can we can call out pornography for the men every every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. But God help us if we talk about yoga pants. <laughs> so here I'm thinking, oh man, am I just am I just going after the men again? I don't you know, know if that was if that was just one stone. I think that was a chain reaction of grenades. <laughs> it's, it's not even your fault. <laughs> boom! You just, boom! <laughs> boom! You just didn't know there was ordinance everywhere. <laughs> Well, then I was like, man, it's less scary to punch towards the men. Like, it just, it, it, for uh, multiple factors. Mm-hmm. It's much more scary as a preacher to, to punch towards towards the ladies. Um, and so, like, as I was thinking, oh, I'm punching towards the men. I'm like going, oh, man, am I not doing, am I not being faithful and, 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 and you know, throwing grenades the other direction? Yeah. And then it occurred to me, I threw a grenade at both. Yeah. And then I went... Oh shoot! <laughs> it's like, oh no! <laughs> and then I went, all right, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. Mushroom clouds everywhere. <laughs> oh man! But I mean, to your point, you know, bloody religion is straightforward in your face, and I, I think that's one of the values of the temple. I think he's even drawing that out all the way back to the beginning of chapter nine of saying, look, it was really valuable. It was good. But it's just a shadow of the true reality, and it's not just that outward; it's the inward, and, and all that, that that stuff. So it's it's in your face. There is blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's and we're speaking here metaphorically uh, of this blood. I mean, for us, it's metaphorical. Right? We're not uh, faced with like I mean, it, it's almost like back back then 
that that blood would just be flowing out of the temple. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bl- very bloody place, yep. and and to them that would have been a little you know a bit of the norm, but it was still in their face. Mm-hmm. And you know the way we're using that metaphorically is like the the blood again is 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 going to work its way into every crevice. The blood's going to do two things. It's going to either wash you clean or it's going to stand as the greatest display of of your uh, failure and your condemnation. And what I mean by that is when, when you're cast into hell, it's not like you're going to forget that you had a chance. <laughs> like it's not like you're going to forget that there was a blood that could have washed you wider than snow. No, you'll remember that. So at that point, the blood's going to stand there as, as a reminder of your condemnation. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's in your face. And, and, and it's going to get into everything, whether, whether we like it or not. But we just we don't like that mm-hmm. just as a people. Um, men well, don't say, like that. Women don't like that. I would say those that do go to hell will actually maybe remember that it was offered, but they'll still hate it because they hated it all along. Mm-hmm. It'll just be exposed for that finally. Yeah. And I think that that's the reality is that people who don't like it don't like it. It's not a matter of uh, even choosing between the two. It's that they have re- they have fully rejected it all along. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just – I wonder, Russ, like – I get the sense, I mean, I've been in the church my whole life, and I'm pretty aware of the, the church landscape. It's If I could like paint a picture, it's like what we want when it comes to Christian religion. It's like we want, um, uh, a jolly grandma or grandpa kind of sitting in the living room. Old-time religion. Old-time religion. Or we want this like... Well, just um, just give me some some good tidbits of theology and some good tidbits of of uh, you know just follow Jesus, you know, kind of back to the coach in the corner. Just man, compliment on compliment me on the sparkliness of my toenails, you know. Comes the supposed man in the church to coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we just what we what we don't want, and to be honest. Like what it reminds me of is, is we want a more feminine religion, mm-hmm. one that's more neat and tidy and less offensive and and more agreeable and 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 not that those things are like wrong in their rightful place, um, but that's not all there is to Christianity. No, no I would say you you yeah, from where you began. I'm thinking people give me a hard time about this, but this is why I'm so big on church history. This is why I'm so big on traveling and missions. If people do not understand what we're actually in, we are in war. Like yes. Ephesians 6 is not there for fun. Well, Jesus says, <laughs> I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. No, he's turning people against family members. Like, it's not, yeah, when we say that it's effeminate, we're not saying that femininity is bad. But no, we're no, saying not. you're in the wrong freaking ballpark. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's good over there, but that's not what's happening here. Yes. That's not what we're actually dealing with. Yes, like yes, this is war, and and so what do you what do you what do you do when you're in war? Like, hey guys, can you come here? Let's just have a conversation, please. Like, let's just let's just talk. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, what, 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 is that what, is is that what we do with Hitler? 
Yeah. I mean, we're 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 facing someone who makes Hitler look like a unicorn. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yep. Like soft and nice. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking to to Hitler's boss. Yes. Right, and he's got his minions. That that's who we're that's that's who we're fighting. But but we have the blood on our side. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about Christianity, we talk about beliefs like. Like, look where talking nice has gotten us. Well, it, so as I was prepping even for this episode, I, I typed in a bloody religion, and I I pulled that thing that I that I led with of you saying, um, it, death is why blood is important. So like, it's a bloody religion, and people freaking out and be like, what do they say when we say religion? I was like, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship, <laughs> right? And to me, like, that's what you're talking about right now. We reject religion as if it's evil, wrong, legalistic, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, religion is recognizing there's a deity and worshiping him. Yes. So, yeah, I'm okay with calling it a religion. Yes. <laughs> that's what I'm involved in. If, if This relationship, not religion that you're in, I don't know what that is. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't want that. Yeah. Now, yeah. and... and, and to be fair, like when we say that that part is the more effeminate side, is that women are relationally built. Yes, and that's that's good and and godly and very helpful for for us who are not women. <laughs> yeah, but but that's not what we're doing exclusively. Exactly, which is, which is the problem in the church, or even mm. primarily. Correct. Right. So when Adam, so I would root that in Genesis when when God creates man, the mission is to subdue the earth, mm -hmm. right? To bring dominion and mastery across the earth and to fill it then with God's orderliness and his image. Mm -hmm. that's, the, that's the primary task. Well, then Adam is alone, not lonely, but alone in that task. Namely, he needs help. Mm -hmm. He needs other people. So then comes Eve. Then when Eve comes, comes the ability to, to give life, and to create human community for the purpose of imaging the glory of God mm -hmm. by bringing order and uh, conquering and displaying his careful meticulousness. So this relationship thing is serving a, a different purpose. Yes. Uh, uh, another, not, not, it's not less important no it's it's it a was part, necessary but it's serving something else mm -hmm. and so like we think we think if we think primarily and certainly exclusively about well that's a it's my relationship with jesus mm -hmm. um then yeah you miss out on no this is this is this is the glory of god that's at stake yeah i'm in this relationship for the glory of God. And what concerns me is all these people that are, quote unquote, in relationship with Jesus, but can't hear him saying, hey, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> we're not doing that right now. Well, it's because we're if, if relationship with Jesus is the filter, the, you know, the predominant lens through which we view the lordship of Jesus Christ, then we're going to bring into it into that relationship, we're going to bring into it all of the cultural definitions and baggage of relationships that we have with mere uh, mortals, mm -hmm. with 
with pagans. That's where we get Joshua Butler. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's we're we're gonna bring it. So if all you've been seeing is, well, I can just ignore people I'm in relationships relationships with, or I can just break covenant, or I can just justify away what they say, or I can, um, I can play tone police with them and say, well, you know, that just wasn't so kind to me. I, you know, uh, well, but it was true. I, I, maybe it was, but the way you said it to me, like you bring all of that in to, to define like the shade through which you're viewing all of Christianity instead of, instead of saying, no, no, no. I, how does the scripture say I should, I should think about Christianity. Um, that's why I think thinking of it as a bloody religion and versus a relationship is a much more helpful uh, thing because because yeah. th- then the hope is that you would view it through the blood, yeah, and what the blood says, yeah, you view it through the blood. The blood says you and I are are helpless, mm-hmm. more helpless, uh, whatever that killer quote is, more helpless than we could ever imagine, yeah. more sinful than we could ever imagine. But but God is is more gracious and merciful than we could ever fathom as well. Yeah. And that but that's what the blood tells us. And then that filters everything else. Mm-hmm. So when people make it about that relationship and then do the dismissing that you're talking about, the tone police, all that, they're actually creating a false relationship. They're they're breaking it down mm. themselves. And which what is particularly is the truth suppressing, right? Yes. And so what's interesting then is that while women are more relationally oriented the major danger for women is that they will tear their own house down. Yeah. And so for men to adopt that, even with Jesus, and say, well, it's just about my relationship with him, you take that to its furthest extent, you end up suppressing mm-hmm. that relationship that you're supposedly in, and it tears your own house down. It does. I think the last thing I'll say is this. Uh, so the question is, is how do I like, how do I not trade in my inheritance? I think... We have to take, like, we have to look at the picture that's being painted for us here in Hebrews, and that is, in the Old Covenant, everything had to be sprinkled with the blood. Mm-hmm. And then the New Testament, a, a similar, uh, like a parallel in the New Testament, would be like Peter saying, where he says, well, you can't wash my feet, Jesus. And he says, well, if you if I can't wash your feet, then you have no, you have no part with me. Well, but, but Jesus, then, then please wash it all. Mm-hmm. So I think the the at least one of the primary ways that we don't walk ever trading in our inheritance is every day telling Jesus, wash all of me. Well, Jesus rebukes him on that and says, no, your feet will do. So <laughs> the sentiment is appreciated. <laughs> wash all of me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I need you to wash all of me. They're every last crevice of, of my soul. Yeah. Uh, needs washed by the blood of Jesus. And so when, when someone's getting over the target, it's not time to put up an umbrella. No, oh, you say, yep, you know? there too. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, please. Now, you don't know the half of it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I feel like the easier way would be to not be a vegetarian because who the heck trades their inheritance for lentil soup? <laughs> I don't <laughs> care how hungry you are. <laughs> so I I think I'm working on a, a mansplain in 10 episode on – on uh, trading it, uh, trading your inheritance for your wife's bowl of soup. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe be looking forward to that because I have I have more thoughts. You should you should uh, contextualize it to the modern era and say trading in your inheritance for your wife's quiche. <laughs> your wife's quiche.
Yeah. <laughs> I have I have other thoughts. Uh, so. Yeah. yeah, I like it. Looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, as we saw in the Passover, blood goes on everything. Put it on the doorposts, and we want to encourage you to let it seep into every corner of your house, of your life. Say, "Yep, there too." So we hope that this has been a super helpful uh, and encouraging you. Gold. Yeah, gold. <laughs> into just recognizing that all this is for your good. So quit punching your corner, coach, and uh, apply the blood of Jesus in your life. That's right. I want to encourage you, as always, to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. We will see you next time. See you guys. <laughs>